I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. For me, the whole... <laughs> this week, goalless at Celtic Park as the Dons proved to be the turd in the punch bowl at Lenny's party. One week after it was thrown, the bottle crashes at Easter Road. And with Brendan's tenure firmly behind us, we're asking, can you smell what Rog is cooking? All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tim's. Hello and welcome to episode 172 of 20 Minute Tims. I am joined this week by Glasgow's favourite son, Martin Melly. Hello. And, well, just you, Steve. Oh, just me. Sapman. No, not an awful lot in the world of Celtic this <laughs> week. It's like there was so much going on the last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, if anything, the Aberdeen game has come along at the perfect time because the last couple of weeks we've been a little bit overstimulated, yeah. a wee bit overexcited. Too much too much news, too much excitement. Um, and along comes... The drab and awful Aberdeen game, just to settle it, bring everybody's blood uh, pressure back down a bit. Just uh, certainly not seven podcasts on various matters this week, Melly. No, 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 just one on a pretty dreary affair, you, all in all. You did do your uh, Melly at the match on yes, the Patreon. Tried, tried. I was, I was, I was so ha- glad Stephen was there with you because just. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, I think you might be a wee bit hungover. <laughs> the game the game was really boring. Oh, it was just freezing. And just you in the car on your own. It, it would have been such a bad time. <laughs> it's worth listening to, if not for the football, but for my hilarious tales of equine misadventure, which led to me being slebbered on by a police horse. Oh, that's where that was that, going. That's about it. That's uh, that's my did you excitement. Feed it, did, you did you feed it a sausage roll? I've almost fed it my jacket, but I, <laughs> it wasn't deliberate. Yeah. Do you know how to feed a horse? To feed a horse, what you do is you put the sugar cube on the palm of your hand, you outstretch your hand, like this, flat. perfectly flat, and the horse will eat off your hand, Stephen, but it will not bite you. Oh, I see. And if it does bite you, you give it a row, and that's where biting the hand that feeds you comes from. Oh, educational stuff. So on much educational stuff on this podcast. So you know that, as you said, Stephen, that Aberdeen game was boring, but we are here. It is our duty to talk about it. Um, we also opened up the questions yes, to some yeah. patrons to help us out because this week was so boring. It was so boring. Yeah, we've done something a little bit different this week. We've opened up to. Patrons' questions and comments for the remainder of the podcast because what you do, what do you do in times of content crisis? You turn to other people to provide it for you. We could have spoken about the Michael Jackson documentary. <laughs> we could, have, yeah. We, yeah. Could have, we could have spoken about that, but I suppose mainly we should talk about Celtic. We should talk about Aberdeen. For me, very disappointing. Oh yeah, opportunity v- missed. Big Absolutely, time. I'd like to, and I don't know if I should be concerned, but the Huns drop points. That that place, Celtic Park, should have been rocking. The team should have been ready to go and we should have murdered Aberdeen and said, title over. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. That was it. We turned up. Lennon, first game coming home. But 
it's just again it was a bit like the Valencia game where the, the players didn't get the fans going full house sold out but there just wasn't any chances created none of that fast intense stuff to get the fans no big chance missed that gets the fans on their feet after that it was just nothing absolute nothing if this was Lennon's homecoming party do you know what Aberdeen were Aberdeen were some prick turning up with an acoustic guitar oh, to, to ruin Jesus. it Aberdeen were if the house party was going quite well, Aberdeen were the girl who goes out into the back garden and starts crying for no reason. Oh, is uh, that, yeah, to, to ruin it. we've met both of those. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was one of those games. Very disappointing though, because as you said, the Friday night, we were all lifted by the Huns dropping yet more points. Should have gone out and buried it, that would have been 10 points. Absolutely out of sight. I know Stephen Gerrard has publicly conceded the title now, but there's no way he has done that in house. That's a bit of right, he publicly conceded publicly conceded the title, and then we because he was basing that on the assumption that we'd beat Aberdeen. Yeah, definitely. And right. then we went and go and spill our dinner. But at the same time, there's no way he's doing that in the dressing room. That's a little bit of, you know, kid on mind games. He's he's trying to uh, Kevin Keegan it at the moment. <laughs> he's, trying, he's trying to put put Celtic off, and it's it's a bit of a failure. Now Aberdeen played well defended well at least and made arguably the better chances in the game towards the end I can only really think of a chance when Ayer broke forward and threw a really good save out of the keeper other than that it was just a bit of a I, say, just, I keep going to use the word drab but that's exactly what it was I think Melly it's a concerning sign for Neil Lennon's management of Celtic that the team couldn't get up for this it's difficult to base it on this one game but at the same time this is him had a full week now this is possibly a bit more his stamp on it and it is one game if Brendan Rodgers was there and this happened we'd maybe write it off but it does sort of set alarm bells because I just thought there was no style to the play Mm -hmm. there was no sort of intensity there was no I don't want to use the word character but there was no there was nothing that said you didn't know what Celtic were about were they passing the ball at the back were they getting it forward quickly it was just in between performance and that just didn't see anything. Did you I spot any sort of differences between how Brendan Rodgers Celtic played the last Celtic home game and Neil Lennon's and the way that they played? Or the I thought Neil Lennon's team gave a lot of balls away, slack passes, and I, that might just be slack passing. Or I wonder if it is this trying to get the ball forward a lot more quicker. I thought yeah. in midfield, particularly, we gave a ball the ball away a lot. Beaton was he was bad for it in the first yeah. half. Brown bad for it in the first half, but he came in at the second half. We just we seem to be really slack on the ball, giving away silly passes. Boy, I had a couple again, but it was just one of those games. Where we're thinking, when are we going to score? It just didn't look like it. And again, Lennon made the substitutions, and they didn't work either. Do you think Stephen that I mean Aberdeen? They obviously set up for the draw. They wanted to get Derek McKenna said after the game, if you offered me nil nil, I would have bitten your hand off. Do you think maybe Neil Lennon? lacked a bit of tactical nose to get around the Aberdeen performance? Uh, I, I don't know. He at least tried a few things. He made two half-time substitutions, neither of which really worked, to be honest. Edward came on and tried to make a few things happen but kept losing the ball. The thing with Brendan Rodgers would have won that game, right? That, that's what a lot of people are saying. But yeah, I get the case for the prosecution there. We've won every single home game under Brendan Rodgers this season. Mm-hmm. right? That's fine. But the case for the defence is... Celtic, you've obviously forgotten last season at home because last season was terrible at home. We're talking home draws to St Johnston twice, I think. Mm. Dundee, Kilmarnock drew a lot of nothing each draws at home last season. So I don't think it's very fair to just go like, well, Brendan Rodgers would never have done this. 
what I would say in Neil Lennon's defence as well, and I'm neither a Neil Lennon hater, spelt H-8-R, or like an apologist for him either, but I'm just saying any Celtic team is going to struggle with the amount of creative options that are missing from that Celtic yeah. team at the moment. Rogic, Cham, Christie and McGregor are all capable of making things happen on their day and none of them are available. The midfield two of Brown and Beaton, in fear of repeating myself here, mm. doesn't work, never did work and that's what we're stuck with just now. Ewan Henderson came back into the team but was taken off at half-time, which I didn't agree with at all. I thought they probably should have taken Beaton off. But as Lennon going back to the tried and trusted is a bit of a strange thing to say here because yeah. isn't near beat on trusted but he's a more he's an older and more established player maybe he thought that was more of a banker than than you and Henderson I didn't agree with it because Henderson was the only one who looked as if he was taking a couple of decent touches and ma- looking to make things happen yeah it's it's not ideal but I find it very difficult to point to one game out of three and go well Neil Lennon's pish tactics and pish football and all that just just on the tactics Melly, a few people were saying that Neil Lennon's substitutions Particularly at half time, maybe weren't either made at the right time or he wasn't making the right changes. A lot of people thought, you know, Ed, me included, Edward needs to just start games, you mm-hmm. know, especially these sorts of games. What did you think of the lineup and the subsequent changes? I thought the lineup probably is as good as it gets going into it. I thought the two substitutions at half time was, was a bit drastic in mm. hindsight, really, as well, because I didn't think we were playing that bad. We were the better team, we just hadn't created that that big chance but when you take Henderson off you've no other central midfielder on there so you're really limiting yourself and then bringing uh, Scott Sinclair off as well I thought out of the front three he was the best I thought well, not the best but the one that was looking most capable I agree I think I, I like Michael Johnson I've said that in this podcast but you know if someone's going to get your goal on the day it's probably going to be Scott Sinclair now he does come in and out of games from time to time so that's a bit like Scott Sinclair's style, that he can do half an hour or nothing and then pop up with two. I think Mikey Johnson showed on the day that, I, th- I think we can relate, he's not a finished article. No, 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 no. Absolutely nowhere near it. I think Mikey Johnson, I didn't think he really affected the game much, but when I watched the highlights back again today, he was involved in things in the final third. He did have a decent chance. Now, that chance falls to Scott Sinclair. I think he buries yeah. that. Whereas Mikey Johnson, maybe he's just, I think it's, better for him coming on with a goal or two up and he can get into the game that way but ask them to go on and try and win the game I think it's a bit unfair I would have left Sinclair on a bit longer Forrest when he went inside the number 10 didn't really do much there was no space but that's also because you get Brown and Breton behind him and there's neither of them are making runs in behind like you get from Christie or McGregor nobody's breaking the line so it's just all a bit stale in midfield The thing with Edwards versus Burke conundrum here is that the way we're playing just now with Brown and Beaton, we're asking these strikers to drop to basically the halfway line and then turn and run the yeah. half with almost no support. There's no there's no Rogic, there's no McGregor, there's no Christie supporting going forward. So you're basically just turning, like coming on the half turn and just sprinting between the halfway line and the opposition box. And it's, it's not working. We desperately need at least one of these players back to give us more options, more you know, sort of versatility in there. Are you worried, Melly? Mm, I'm worried a bit too far but it was a great opportunity all we've got is Aberdeen, Dundee away then Rangers and Livingston before the split, that's four games we could easily pick up maximum points now the Aberdeen game potentially is the most difficult out of them, I thought Aberdeen maybe they've got the cup replay against Rangers but them seeing Rangers drop points in Friday night as well, 
Probably thought they'd be back in with a sniff if they could get the win. They did well, but we just didn't do enough to break them down on the day. It was just real disappointment. At the back, I thought Tierney could have got forward more in the second half. And Tolian, I'm just not sold on him now at all. We get caught in behind again and going forward, he just doesn't do enough now. Do you think, Stephen, it was interesting that Lennon sort of switched back and forth between Tolian and Lustig? Yeah, I didn't expect to see Tolian back because you know he was taken off in one game, dropped for the next, and then back in. I thought, you know, Lennon's given excuses that these players are fatigued, and it's a, a word he's used quite a bit now. Mm-hmm. He used it after the Aberdeen game as well. He said that with Tolia, and I thought, why? Why on earth is he tired? I, I don't, I'm not buying that. The, the no. players weren't fatigued. They were on fire when they came back for the Yeah, uh, exactly. And they, they look out of ideas. I don't think it's, maybe he means sort of mental fatigue. In fact, he it, it has said that it's... A, a psychological fatigue due to the, the events of the last couple of weeks, but Don't no, one's, that, no one's expressed that. You know, yeah. uh, I'll be honest. I'm, there's a few things that have happened that have sort of made me think. Right, let's just let's just win this and get this league over with. Yeah, because there's, there's been a few comments. You know, Neil Lennon saying that he was did he say he was in awe of what Brendan Rodgers yes. had set up there, and you're thinking, oh, that's that's no good. You're saying what you're suggesting there is how that man works is at such a higher level than you, and if that's what the players are used to. You know, if the players are used to being kept on their toes, need to be the highest, highest, highest they can be and, and keeping on their game and then Brendan Rodgers comes in and there's... I mean, you know yourself when you've got a substitute teacher, you're not doing your best work. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I actually thought of one, do you know, as soon as you said that, I, mean, I actually thought of a specific substitute, a substitute teacher. substitute teacher comes in, you go, okay, that's a day off. Do you know what I mean? And, and <laughs> one called yeah. Robert, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> we've, and so, I mean, Celtic have got a substitute teacher. Mm. Substitute teacher in... Yeah. And uh, I'm just worried that the performances are going to dip and I'm worried that Neil Lennon is maybe incapable of keeping things at a standard that these guys have been used to. I don't. He's probably got his own standards and I don't think this necessarily makes him a bad manager, but the gap between him and Brendan Rodgers is massive now. If we take time and take every aspect out of it and ask you, Brendan Rodgers is leaving, would Lennon be in your top five of managers you'd want in no no you know take Edward who's only ever worked under Brendan Rodgers at Celtic and, and he's used to seeing the way Brendan Rodgers lays out training and the preparation for matches and the attention to detail and the fitness and the, the all that he's coming up against and he's basically overloaded with information on, on how to approach being a Celtic player and one day all that stops and Neil Lennon comes in and basically says to him now I'm not saying Neil Lennon's doing this and I doubt he's just doing this but he's saying to him, just keep doing what you're doing. Aye, and it's all fire and brimstone and shouting and yeah. you know, motivation, this and all that I, I, kind of No, thing. I'm not saying Neil Lennon's a blunt instrument, but what I'm saying is there'll be players, there will definitely be players affected by how high Brendan Rodgers' standard was and how, what Neil Lennon's standard is at. And I can back that up by saying that Neil Lennon himself was in awe at Brendan Rodgers' standard. Mm, yeah. So that, that does that does worry me. It's the individual, the detail of the individual as well. Like so many individual players game got better and better under Brendan Rodgers now I don't really see Neil Lennon has been a coach that goes in and works on individual players so that's something to look out for as well Dan Stritch, who do you start right back against the Huns? Tolian or Lustig? Lustig could struggle against Kent and a good chance Tolian won't care too much and struggle with the intensity of the game it's a... who'd I start? I'd probably start Tolian <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't, no, I don't it, know it's, it's, a it's tough just because I've seen but Lustig I mean, we've seen him get... Ryan Kent will rip him to bits ah, again. There's, there's no doubt about it for me. Um, Ryan Kent gave him a terrible time in the last game at Ibrox and 
The previous time it was Kyle Lafferty up against him, that won't happen again. Yeah. Ryan Kent is more established as a player, and he's a good player. Uh, you, there's no way you play Lustig in that game. Now, will Tolian be any better? Remains to be seen because he is not impressed. He, one bit, and he frankly doesn't look all that interested mm. or bothered. He, he kind of looks a bit. But why would he be overawed? Because he's yeah, come from nah, Borussia Dortmund. He's, he's, he's like he's, he's very reminiscent to me of these fleeting fullbacks that Celtic used to sign, like the do me. Elkaduri <laughs> and Braffid and these guys that come and, Andre Blackman uh, and, yeah they come and make no impression whatsoever and then leave yeah but, you know he's very much in that mode Melly who do you play I'd go with Tolian just because we don't know what we're going to get from him Lustig yeah I mean you're taking did. the mystery box rather yeah, yeah he, so. he caked the bed didn't he get subbed yeah. at half time uh, Tony Watt had, uh, Tony Watt Tony Ralston <laughs> had to come on for him so Lustig's been there, done it. Every time he goes off at half-time injured, he's always back the next game. That's another one. He will, Lustig, if, if picked, will start holding his lower back yeah. and go off at half-time. That's an absolute set. But with regards to the question, it is a seriously tough one yeah. because there's there's no one grabbing that jersey, is there? No. Um, next up, Ross McIntyre asks, when you look at the Celtic teams that beat the likes of Barcelona and AC Milan, could you honestly say that our teams today are any weaker than those teams? And if not, then why should we not be aiming to do more in Europe? As when we beat Barcelona, they were one of the best teams in Europe at the time, as were AC Milan in the game that Scott McDonald won for us. It's hard to look at it that way. I don't think we are as strong as we were then. Mm. I think back then, we probably might be as strong, but I think the other teams are much, much stronger. They have went on and spent millions and millions. I've mentioned it before. We have just broke our transfer record from the year 2000. Other teams have broke theirs multiple times on. Nine million for these teams isn't even a squad player anymore. That's a guy they put put in their youth team. So I think things have moved on so far in Europe. But I think we can be doing much, much more. We've found gems time and time again, but we just don't seem to have the scouting in place for, for my liking. Those two specific examples he's used, Barcelona and AC Milan, those probably are weaker from there, yeah. but that's only because Barcelona had the three best players in the world at the time we played them in Messi, Javi and Iniesta. Two of those are gone, but um, AC Milan have kind of fallen off a cliff as well since then. But it's not really about those two specific examples because European football as a whole has moved on oh, from, from Celtic yeah. since then because Barcelona, well, they might be weaker since then, and it's acknowledged in the question that they were one of the best teams in Europe, arguably of all time at that point. Yeah. Um, they might be weaker since then, but they've gone out and signed players for upwards of 100 million on a couple of occasions since Celtic. If Celtic signs someone for 4.5 million, it is a significant signing for Celtic. So I, I just, I don't expect anything out of Celtic when it comes to these teams. And I don't mean ever again, but just in their current Incarnation of Celtic. Are, are we weaker though than the team that beat Barcelona? I'll just run through it quickly. Fraser, well, Fraser yeah. Foster, Michael Lustig, Effie Ambrose, Kelvin Wilson, Adam Matthews, Chris Commons, Wanyama, Ledley, Mulgrew, Samaras, Miku. Are we really weaker now than than that team overall? I mean, Miku and Samaras. No, well, you know what I mean. Have you Mul- ever watched that game, Mac? It's, I haven't, but have you seen the statistics? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. There's a lot of luck in that game as well. Everything just seemed to fall into place. Barcelona were flying at the time, but it just seemed like that was our night. Everything fell into place, but I just 
don't see that happening again. I think European football has moved on, like Stephen said, and the bigger teams have moved further on, but the teams below them have also moved further on and we've we've fallen further behind and Brendan Rodgers leaving as well, I think it sets us back a bit now. No, definitely, yeah. I'd say we're about the same. I don't know if we're any stronger or weaker in terms of pure talent on the pitch. Maybe a bit, maybe a bit stronger than the team that beat Barcelona. I suppose um, player for player, we don't don't currently have a Wanyama, no, or even a Forster. I, there are players in there that you would like to have today. Forster was mental that night. Oh yeah, Th- that night was insane. But at the same time, you know that team could have been doing with Kieran Tierney for yeah, a start. Example, past exactly. that, I don't, I don't know if there's many. Chris Wilson asks. What are your favourite Celtic goals? Not including Henrik's lob in the 6-2 game. Mine personally is Jerry Craney's flying knee in a 3-0 win against Cologne back in the early 90s. Remember the 90s, boys? Remember the 90s. 90s klaxon, guys. Hail, hail, boys. Keep up the good work. Thanks very much, Chris. Celtic, favourite goal, Melly. Probably Tom Rogic, the invincible treble. Yeah, that was quite incredible. There's so many different categories. Are we talking purely from a technical standpoint? Are we talking from a big moment standpoint? Mm. It's it's difficult. I'm thinking... What gave you the biggest pop in wrestling terms? (laughs) Rogic is definitely up there. That's the the biggest moment of Brendan Rodgers' tenure. But then I think Andreas Tom at Ibrox, Jackie McNamara at Easter Road years ago in the mid-90s. That was an absolute cracker as well. Cadets against Aberdeen. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember being a wee guy trying to mimic that goal. The canios where he flicked it over the keeper and then dropped it in just as yes. it was reaching the ground. There's so many we could do this all night. Forest against Caragandi, that was a good mm. one. On this day last year, Edward against the Huns. Yes. Oh, God. Is that, is that right? Is that yep. On this, this day, day oh, aye. Well. aye. That, was, that was, for me, a heavy popped at that. Oh, definitely. We were there, of course. Uh, Paul Elliott scored a cracker of a diving header from about <laughs> six inches off the ground. Once against Rangers, that was a screamer as well. I love a diving header. Yeah. Mulgrew. This is the diving header because uh, it, it was... Big basically... Jan's diving header. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so many, though. We could basically do that one. Scott MacDonald. Was that against Rangers? They took it on the chest and turned yes, and yeah. stuck it in the roof of the net. Kurt Broadfoot was, uh, was trying to pull him back. Yeah, yeah, that was an absolute cracker. Nakamura's against Sean Maloney's into Kloss. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. There you go, Stefan. Uh, Carlton Coles against <laughs> Stranra. <laughs> Doombay's back heel against was it Dunfermline? Yeah. Uh, Dion Dublin's goal against oh, the cup final. Dunfermline. The cup final. Uh, Dunfermline again. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Racky Malik mainly touched on something that you touched on earlier on. A question about the difference in systems. Whereas Lennon, you know, appears to be a bit more blood and guts. Let's hope one of the creative players does something. Whereas Rogers apparently was more systems based you know rigidly systems yeah, based rely yeah. on the system and the system will work for you whereas Neil Lennon is individual responsibilities and one of the players will do something for you I don't I know this is something that a lot of people have said I think that is just a bit of that people are painting Lennon in a certain way I think mm-hmm. Neil Lennon um, he will have systems he will know exactly yeah. what to do you know this notion that Neil Lennon just stands on the sideline he's no he's no Sam Allardyce <laughs> no no or, he's or, not you know um, we said that before Alan, on this podcast Alan <laughs> so but you know it's an interesting question what do you think is more the way forward do you think you know relying on the system to get you out of trouble or relying on individuals to get you out of trouble what do you think is the way forward for Celtic I'll always go with the system because the system can have bad days but there's more chance that the individual player will have a bad day yeah. and if you're relying on one guy it was a lot of the time it was Commons with Neil Lennon hmm. if Commons didn't do it a lot, a lot of the time he did but I, I prefer the system because the players all 
buy into that. They all know what they're doing and they all feel part of that. They all know what they need to do. Whereas if you're told to get it to the front players, you sort of switch off after that. Whereas if you, you're constantly having to be in the loop, know what you're doing. I think that's quite unfair on Lennon as well. As you said, I don't think he, he just does that. I think he wants the ball to get forward to his front players quickly. I don't think just after that he doesn't have any clues. Yeah. It should be the system going forward because we've played three quarters of this season playing a certain way and it's been to a large degree successful. I don't think Lennon comes in and tears that up and goes, right, just kick it to the good players and, yeah. and score a goal. I don't think that's that's going to happen. And John Kennedy's still there. He's managing this transition and it should be. To- I mean, I think football is a simple game. You know, Neil Lennon, yeah, yeah. Well, Neil Lennon, having watched Celtic and done well against Celtic, as, as Hibbs manager, will know Brendan Rodgers' system. Mm, yeah. You know, he'll be able to identify it as an opposition manager and going into Celtic, he will be able to replicate it. Neil Lennon came up against Brendan Rodgers a lot of the time and outdone him. Mm, we yeah. didn't beat uh, Neil Lennon's team at Easter Road under Lennon, so he knows how how to go up against Celtic, so maybe he's tweaking things to try and negate that. Mm. And yeah, play maybe. That, so. Scooter Pinkerton asked, presumably Lustig is away in the summer. Well, we can all hope. Um, this leaves a huge gap in the club for an on-field mentalist. Should we buy in a nutcase from <laughs> elsewhere or promote from within? I'd bloody love a wee nutcase. You know what? Yeah. Some like Uruguayan psycho right back. I would absolutely love that. I've always thought a that. South American right back. Oh. Not like <laughs> Central American gamble <laughs> is there. Poor geography yes. on TMT then. Um, I would. Uh, I, I've always wanted a Vidic in my Celtic team, like a yes, Serbian yes. hard man. Um, or a, I'll take a Russian, just anyone from the Eastern Bloc. Got you. Who was that Russian that he played for Chelsea, then moved to Zenit and played Ivanovic. against us? Ivanovic. Ivanovic. Imagine, yeah. like, one of those guys. I'll take any nutcase as long as they can play, because see a nutcase that can play, valuable assets. See a nutcase who can he play, like Gravison, worthless. <laughs> the, only, <laughs> well, like, the only thing Gravison's good for is stories that we're going to hear on Simon Ferry's podcast in five years' time. Yes. So we want a nutcase that can play, and I think we should just go out and bloody buy one so is, the, is that the basis of the question here do we want a nutcase I think that's a unanimous yes Sean Butler is it time we maybe started Burke and Edward up top maybe have Edward sitting behind Burke also as far as Bitton goes go back to the development squad <laughs> maybe play Henderson in the McGregor role beside Brown would much rather that so a couple of selection questions there from Seanie boy it's got to be too up front for me going forward what? why? because we never scored any goals against Aberdeen and we played one up front yeah, but look at the seat. Look at the games before that. We've done well. We just don't have the creativity in midfield right now. If we had one of those four players, I'm sure we'd have won that game. So, but okay, but we do have players to play up front. So we have a lack of options in midfield, and we have more options up front. So we either keep doing what we're doing and struggle to score goals, or, in my opinion, I say we bring on and play both of them up front. So you mean in the immediate future, ah, while, just... while we have the problems at hand? Yeah, switch yeah, to that right. I think we are running the well dry with Oliver Burke just running about chasing lost yeah. causes up there. I think, as Melly says, we just don't have the midfield options to, to make the best use of these guys. Same with Timothy Ware. Timothy Ware's just no playing just now because we, we don't have any players that's going to find him going in behind no. and using his speed and, and opening up defences. We don't have it. Scott Brown's not going to do that. And Neil Beathlon should be able to do it, but not for me. Ewan Henderson, maybe. Do we go two up front? Does, that doesn't necessarily have to be a 4-4-2. Four, four, no. It doesn't have to be big man-big man combo up front with Burke and Edward. You could, as Sean says, play Edward off behind him. 
Is Edward good at that though? You could have. I mean, for me, you could have maybe Forrest, who's played that false. You could have him up front. You could have Burke coming in off the wing and Edward up front. I quite like Edward as a sort of inside left forward, Aye. kind of like how he, he's played a few times and going back to the, the the Dembele time at the start of the season, he played a little bit there. I could go with it in a, in a game. Maybe get got Dundee coming up. Could maybe yeah try it out there, but. I'm not sure. for trying out things a game before. I do overall I do agree with Melly that you don't just tear everything up and go with two up front because we haven't scored in a game but at the same time I do think you have to acknowledge the problems that you've got in the immediate I'd, I'd like to find a way of getting them both into the team because I think Edward as we said at the start of this Edward needs to play more of a role than just being an impact sub because I don't think he's necessarily the greatest of that yeah I wouldn't be adverse to seeing Edward at the left buck through the middle and Forrest out in the right that's something that could maybe work what we really lack right now is a striker an out-and-out striker. Yeah. The amount of balls that are going across the box. I think Mickey Johnson done one and Edward just wasn't instinctive enough to be there, that guy in the six-yard box to put it in. Now, I watched the highlights of the Dundee reserve game mm. where we won 6-0 just to catch a glimpse of Bayo. Did well, set up a goal and scored. But what I did notice, there's a number 10 in the reserves that was pinging passes about and Lenny just signed them for Hibs. <laughs> Sky, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> You know what? You might not be kidding though. No, because I'm kidding. I'm definitely kidding. Would you not play Scott Allen against Dundee? We're one injury away from it. <laughs> well, but if, if McGregor's not back, Lennon said he's hoping McGregor will come back next week. You want the Brown and Beaton axis broken in midfield. Scott <laughs> Allen, he's sitting there. Remember he played that forward pass in about 2015? We was were watching that. Cracker. Cracker. More of that, please. Aye, <laughs> must be one of our longest seven players. Aye. That'll be a, that'll be a team. That'll be Lennon's team talk to him. Um, Peter Kennedy asks does the Aberdeen game highlight that Lennon's tactical ineptitude something we sort of touched on earlier on taking off Henderson leaving it 3v2 in the second half with no creativity in the middle remember a similar scenario in his last time around against Aberdeen in the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup we should have read this before we started talking about the Aberdeen game because <laughs> yeah. he's covered quite a lot of our own points <laughs> <laughs> um, let the, we would have won that game if the Rapids manager commence and Quite rightly so. Do you think Lennon, we sort of touched on it, but did he show up his tactical ineptitude? Yeah, I thought that about Pedkhead said there. <laughs> Pedkhead? <laughs> you use pals? No. Straight <laughs> up there. Nicknames uh, are bad names. No, really? no, no. Leaving the brown and beat on in there, there's nobody breaking forward from that. So it's just sitting there. And I do think that's where the, the second half was lost. Uh, I know making the substitution at half time was a. Uh, progressive move but I just don't think it done it. I thought we could have given it 60 minutes and then maybe changed it but as soon as we did that we just lost it in midfield and then we couldn't get the ball forward to the front players beyond that so I agree with him that it was maybe showing up there but again it is a severe lack of options that like Ewan Henderson wasn't in the picture a month ago no. and now he's had to start three out of four games so I sympathise with Lennon in that way that's why I want Scott Allen in. <laughs> uh, James Horner asked, uh, I like I like the sound of this question already. So oh, good. I'll strap in for this. You, in fact, I'm going to read this question out, right? And you two are going to know why I like the sound of it, okay? Evening men, have you seen the rumours doing the rounds on Kerrydale Street, the Celtic Forum, um, with regards to Martinez, Maloney and Kennedy being the new management team and there being money to spend as a company named Lindell Train have upped their stake in the club? The firm also have major shares in Juventus, and WWE 
More than likely bullshit, but we all love a good rumour. We certainly do. Oh, this is what football's all about. This is what we'd started this how podcast many, for. How many Q&As have we done? <laughs> and this is the first time someone, well done James, has had the gumption to send us in a bullshit, bloody bullshit good rumour. <laughs> this is like, so Celtic could end up in bed with the WWE. This is like, uh, remember Charles Green was going to start up a partnership with the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> the Rangers? <laughs> Now, uh, I have have done a bit of research into this. I googled Lindell's Train or whatever they're called, and it is true. A company called Lindell Train have uh, no more than 17 million shares. What do they do? Uh, they invest in things. Okay, right. um, they've got 17 million shares mm-hmm. in Celtic, that, so that makes them the second biggest shareholder next to Double D. Um, they're obviously, that, that bit's true. That's in the bank. They have invested. They wouldn't be investing in a lost cause. Um, how do you feel about, though, Martinez coming in is I tell you what he's patchy as a manager mm, yeah. patchy um, he's a bit like Rogers, isn't he sticks to his he sticks to his system and then I mean we've interviewed him a couple of times before haven't we yeah he knocked his yeah. back I'm trying not to get too carried away with the fact that he's very successful with Belgium because Belgium have got some serious yes. talent in there and international football is a completely different beast to, to club football it just is it's not the same type of job however Kennedy and Maloney in there how could it possibly go wrong? Like Dalglish and Barnes. How could it possibly go wrong? That is the dream team. Martinez, aye, up and down as a club manager. Let's face it. Saying that, but uh, a lot of managers maybe are up and down until they don't get to go to a team like Celtic that gets to win every week. So yeah. Martinez' style of play would work like I think Brendan Rodgers would work, but it'd just be once we get into Europe, we maybe struggle then. I don't see him leaving Belgium to come to us anytime soon unless no. he's sacked. And if Sean Maloney wasn't his assistant, I don't see this rumour getting anywhere but now. You, I mean, you never know. I mean, international management is its almost a retirement job. You yeah, know, he's it, too young for it. It, yeah. it doesn't matter what team you're managing on the international stage. It's a part-time job. Yeah, it's a bit of a backwater. And these guys are always looking for a move back into football. Would anyone be happy with him doing it? at the same time no it's too big a job to do yeah. that but saying that Martinez could look at Brendan Rodgers and see well he gets pied off Liverpool comes up here does a good job and then gets a top 8 team down south Martinez would snap that well um, it's a very similar career trajectory isn't it because Martinez started at Swansea um, then moved on to Wigan where he won the FA Cup uh, and then moved to Everton how did it end for him at Everton no, I can't quite remember did he leave of his own volition or did no, he Dan no Mack. no uh, he got the Dan Mack did he yeah Martinez Played to a mother well, was married to a Scottish woman, and hopefully he's not as vain as Brendan Rogers. So. No, nobody is, that's the thing. <laughs> no. Martinez has the skin tone that Brendan Rogers wants, <laughs> If not the haircut. Yeah, tanned and luxurious. Um so uh, what we say in this, it's it's an interesting rumour. It's yeah. good to see people, companies putting their money into Celtic. Um just doing some further reading while you were chatting there. It's all very long term investment in Celtic, that's what they call it. So it's right. not like anything is immediately on the horizon. It's a very long-term investment and they just want to see what's going to happen with the Celtic franchise over time. Um, but we're sort of a bit nonplussed about the thought of Martinez coming in. The thing is with Martinez, yes, he's been up and down as a manager with certain success, but show me a manager who hasn't had lows in his career and I will show you a manager who is out of Celtic's reach. <laughs> yeah, well, that, well, that's true. That's true. Michael Gallagher. Does anyone else get the bur- the feeling that Burke's loan deal has a guarantee game start? Otherwise, can't see why Edward isn't starting if he's fit to play. I mean, let's talk about this. Speci- we've sort of touched on that topic, but do you think specifically, Stephen, there's a clause that says he has to start games? I don't see it. I'm dubious about those existing, to be honest. It's kind of like the 
the mythical pay as you play deal or the yeah. I, I just I don't know I wouldn't be surprised uh, yeah. maybe certainly things like that do exist but a Celtic's so desperate that they would take that on that they would sign a player and say we'll definitely play him because we've had high profile loan players in the past and not played them at all we've got I, one now well I <laughs> Timothy, Timothy Ware of course we've had Patrick Roberts and yeah. uh, he wasn't guaranteed to play we've I had Charlie Musonda who didn't play at all so no I don't think well Musonda's an interesting one that's sort of where I was going was I don't think anyone has ever got it written into the stipulation of the contract that they must play X games because yeah. that, that's unworkable but what I will say is clubs would maybe get unhappy if their player wasn't playing well naturally yeah you know and I did. I think I can't remember did that not happen to Rangers I think one of their players mm. ended up going back down the road because he wasn't playing the club weren't happy I think it's more nowadays that if the player doesn't play you pay more towards his wages than right. he does if he doesn't but Celtic can't they can't be run or dictated to like that Interesting about this week that uh, Darren Moore got sacked for pretty much being fourth in the league. That's a shame managers down in England get sacked really quickly and hopefully uh, it doesn't happen to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Flanagan, if you could have a sci fairy interview with any historical figure, who would it be? <laughs> I would like to see him ask Ho Chi Minh if he had any Tommy Gravison stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Simon Ferry, you know, um, entertaining podcast. He's no Paxman. No, no, no. We're no. not Paxmans. No. <laughs> but um, I would like to see him interview someone with a really, really serious story to tell. Like I'll go, I'll go first. I, I want to pick Nelson Mandela. Aye. And, you know, all right, uh, Nelson, you were in the jail for 30 years. What was the banter like? Aye. Aye. <laughs> I want to, I'd like to see him interview Anne Frank. You know, just like, hey, what was the banter like in the loft? You know, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. who, who would you like to, who would you like to see? Simon Ferry interview, Melly. I'll go quite a modern one. Kyle Faulkner, just to hear the two of them go full <laughs> Dundee. Stereo Dundee. Former frontman of Indy also runs the going, view. Still um, that's Melly's idea of a historical figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A guy, Historic. With, a guy with skinny jeans and an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, the bassist from The Enemy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephen Morgan asks... Regarding the youth system at the club, is it in the best shape it can be when we were able to produce so many players who've gone on to have long careers in the professional game at other clubs when we've really only brought through three Celtic players in eight years? Should the youth academy be regarded as successful when so few make the cut? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I don't think it's a bad thing that only one every so often comes through. You're never going to get the conveyor belt, that's a bit of a myth, right? That that very rarely happens at clubs where you just produce an entire team worth of youth products. One for every generation of teams is is probably all you're going yeah. to get. And if you're producing cl- players for other clubs, if you're making a slight profit on those to, you know, there's been teams in the league very recently, like Ross County, absolutely full of former yeah. Celtic players. If you're producing players for other clubs that aren't quite making the cut of Celtic, I think that's fine. If it, you look across the board, Chelsea do that. Chelsea produce untold numbers of players, but very few of them make it into the first team. But also, you know, it, maybe the youth academy, I think maybe there's, I think we've brought through more than three in eight years though. Well, yeah. Forrest, McGregor and Tierney, I'm assuming, are the, yeah. are the three mentioned here. That's quite a lot. That's, yeah. that's a lot of talent, but... I think it might be unrealistic to expect more than three plus, in the same team. Plus, you've got to take into consideration that Celtic are the most difficult team to get a playing career yeah. for. So Celtic are bringing guys through to get brought through at Celtic. 
your chances of playing at the most difficult and the highest level in the country is increased. So we're definitely yeah. doing something right. It's not like we're going to Hibs and Aberdeen and Motherwell and signing their players and looking at them and going, yes. they're doing right. Because these guys, they come through the ranks at Motherwell. You know, if they leave Motherwell nine times out of ten, they end up going to an Oxford or something or a Cambridge. And I'm not talking about the universities. Plus, some young boys will come through and deliberately make the choice to go to a Motherwell or a Hibs or something to increase their chances of making an impact exactly. at that club. It's it's very difficult to make the grade at Celtic, as everyone knows. But Celtic have got the biggest draw in the country. They have the biggest choice of players, and therefore more are going to slip through the net. That's yeah. just that's just a fact of it. It's very very difficult if you look at a starting team or a squad every week we've got usually three starting one or two in the bench as well but getting through right now one one a season maybe that's making an impact in the squad that's very good we've got Armstrong local flex we've got Caramoco Dembele in the mm. pipeline now as well I think we do a really good job it's so difficult for a player to grow up coming through at Celtic and then break into the first team how many have we seen that do it it's only McGeady, Forrest, Tierney and McGregor really that have went mm. in and stayed in. It is very, very difficult. Others come in and make impacts and will go on, but rarely does a player like make his debut like McGeady or Kieran Tierney and then become a mainstay from there on. Celtic are the hardest team to do that for. There's not many players in the world that do that at their respective mm. clubs, so it is a very difficult thing. We should be at the point where everybody that comes through our system goes on to have a career somewhere else, that's not really a slight on Celtic because yeah. players develop at different times. I mean, Callum McGregor, we wrote him off, but some players develop at different times. So it can, Andy Robertson left, went away, got game time. It's all about... Forrest, Forrest took yeah. years to, to become the player. Yeah, there's so many factors in it. There's your character, your desire, your work ethic, and there's also luck's a big Character slice. again, he's still quoting that Work ethic. Are you putting on me this <laughs> Um, Tom Flanagan asks, getting his money's worth. Two questions, eh? Uh, if you were big Pedro Law and you had a three-man shot list for the Celtic manager's job, who would ha- who would you have on it? David Wagner has to be number one target for me. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll get one each. That's the easiest way to do this. All oh, right, so one each for the three-man shot list. Are we are we taking Wagner? Are we? If you want him, you can put him on the list. Um, Solskjaer. Solskjaer, <laughs> Melee. I'm still with Rafa. Ask the question. It looks like he's leaving Newcastle at the end of the season. Again, looking at their team, how has he kept that team up mm-hmm. on a shoestring budget? Ask the question. What about you, Jamie? If you get anything that isn't preposterous, like, that, <laughs> like the two of us? I tend to look at managers who have got the better of Celtic managers in the past. That sort of shows their careers on the way up. I don't think he'd cost a lot of money and I don't think it's preposterous, but Kenny Shields... <laughs> <laughs> you think he'd do a job with <laughs> um, no uh, Marco Rosa for me I think uh, just looking at what he's done with a club of a similar level and stature I think that's exactly what we want okay PLO was going to take one look at that list of three and just go tear it up and throw it straight in the bin and see in this fantasy scenario where we're picking a manager can I pick someone and make it work can I make a wave a magic wand and make it successful no I was going to go with Henrik Larsson. <laughs> right, no. <laughs> Henrik no. Larsson, as long as it's good. No, just don't come back. Don't, do not <laughs> come back. Um, Rory Stanley asked, if you could create a super player from the body parts, which part of which of the current squad would you pick? <laughs> so, current squad, which means I can't have Dion Dublin or Momo Silla then. Um, <laughs> body, parts from, <laughs> body parts from current squad. Kieran Tierney's thighs, definitely. 
Yeah. Quadzilla. Quadzilla. Uh, so you could have someone's footballing brain, you could have their head, you could have someone's strength, someone's pace. Callum McGregor's tactical nose. Okay, okay so right. you've got McGregor's brain. So that's which just... is remarkable because I've heard the boy speak. <laughs> right. So I don't think we need much else apart from Callum McGregor's brain in a jar, but right. on Tom Rogic's legs. Okay. Uh, legs and feet. But then we need... Oh, you need who's, who's lungs he We need to replace that? the lungs. Uh, Scott Brown. So we've got the brain of McGregor. Yep. Yes. The heart and lungs Scott of, Brown. of Scott Brown. We have the quads of Kieran Tierney and the feet of Tom Rogic. Wow, what a beast that I is. I want the it? flailing arms of James Forrest <laughs> on there and the barrel chest of Marvin Comper. Right, okay. And, so, and, and that's what we've got. What a harrowing image. Yeah, what a good question. I enjoyed I enjoyed playing that one. Um, Ian Haston, would the 20-minute Tims find the full-time appointment of Neil Lennon underwhelming? Yes. Well, it's notable that uh, none of us picked him in, his, no. in the, the three-man shortlist. Uh, in fairness to him, he's an awful lot more realistic than any of the three we suggested. Uh, I, I would find it underwhelming. For, yeah. for the reasons I've listed on the podcast in the last couple of weeks, to be honest, ever since this came up, I just I don't want him. I want I want progression. I want clear progression. I don't want to go back the way. Maybe that's completely unfair of me to judge Neil Lennon in that way. At the same time, I'm open to it. I'm open to have my mind changed between now and the end of the season. If Neil Lennon just shows me just undeniably that he is the man for the job, then by all means. But at this point, the 11th of March, I would find it underwhelming. Yeah, it's it's okay to be underwhelmed with something that's good though, because yeah. like Melly, you have a car. You own a car. But if I said to you, I'm going to buy you a car, Melly, you know, you would sit thinking about it during the week and you'd be buzzing. But if I brought you a car in that was pisser than the one you already had. A brown Renault 5. You would be, yeah, you'd be underwhelmed by your gift, but it's still a gift nonetheless. And that, and Neil Lennon is a brown Renault 5. Can you, so can you take Neil Lennon back the minute the person they gave you is not looking? No, absolutely not. Right, okay. No receipts. No, no receipts. No, 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 no gives these back. These. Um, Ryan Brown. Craig Gordon was left out of the squad on Saturday. Do you think his Celtic days are up as he may look for first-team football to end his career? Strange one this year because mm. I think that's the first time he's ever not been part of a matchday squad while not been injured. There's been no explanation given for it as far as I'm aware. Yeah, as he, was doing, he was doing a, a routine with, the, with Stevie Woods after the game. Right. So definitely okay. not injured. He was out there doing his doing mm. his routine. I don't, I'd say, I don't know. I think it means tally up to Craig Gordon. Funny enough, I went to listen back to the three bold predictions. Remember that podcast? <laughs> yeah. And my third one, which I completely forgot about, was Craig Gordon wouldn't see out the season. Was right, like, yeah. um, I don't know if Craig Gordon would get first team football anywhere. I think he would. I think he's a good keeper elsewhere, but at his age, the amount of football he's missed, is he going to hang about to be second choice? We'd all want another keeper brought right. in in the summer. So I, I don't see it with... Not back a bid for him from Chelsea a few years ago. Mm, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's probably bit... raging at that, <laughs> man. But, no, if uh, he's not going to be in first-team plans next year, I'd say he'd want to play football for as long as possible. It's odd timing, though. He'd be on a lot of money, but... What's the urgency right now that Craig Gordon has decided he wants first-team football? Yeah. It's March. Uh, there have been rumours that he and Neil Lennon were nose to nose arguing about something and that's why he's ended up out of the squad oh. more bullshit rumours than uh, that is there, yeah, there is are. so is this story I'm, I'm catching up here but so is there is there a rumour that he wants to leave for first team football or is this just a question no, posed no. us alright but that's yeah. the rumour mm-hmm. yeah there are rumours on the internet that he's been dropped obviously and because he doesn't respect the sanctity of marriage <laughs> But that is just on Twitter. Um, Adam Monday, Tuesday Happy Days, asks, do you have faith that the board... Let's hope he's not blue Monday. <laughs> <laughs> do you have faith that the board will be able to deliver a replacement manager and 
several quality signings in time for us to properly compete and qualify for the Champions League. For me, the overhaul required will be too big to complete in this time to give us a good chance. This also makes me believe that the board will appoint Neil Lennon as permanent manager, given that if he wins the league, to give us some form of continuity, even though it may not be the best in the long-term interest of the club. Can I just say something to Adam and other people? Please, please, I have to read these questions out. <laughs> they are wordy and tongue-twisty and it's very difficult. Um, do you have faith that we'll get a decent manager and spender in or do you think the board... I think there's a worry, Stephen Amelie, among the Celtic supporter and Adam expressed it here that they, they've got past history with the Celtic board just going for the cheapest, easiest option. And with Neil Lennon sitting there, ready to take over the reins, it's the easy option, might not be the best. Do you trust the board to do the absolute right thing uh, as far as Adam is concerned? Yeah, do I trust them? No, probably not. Do I think that they would put Lennon in place because he's a cheap option? That that seems a bit insulting to Lennon to say he's the cheap option, but yeah. in, certainly in terms of versus Brendan Rodgers or any of the stupid calls we made earlier on, so sure not, he is the cheap option, but... But you don't know that because but no. Lennon could say, "Well, I've been caretaker twice, yeah, and won the league twice as caretaker, and I've won you the league as regular manager." So this is my price. Yeah. Whereas Martinez might go, well, I'm not as expensive as him because I just want full-time management. Well, that's true. The first part of the question, though, do I... Have faith. Do I have faith that the board will do it in the time? Absolutely not. No. Do, do I have faith that they will deliver a manager and the signings required to get us into the Champions League? 100% not. I mean, Melly, if, if the board wait until the end of the season, right, the last week of the season, and then at that point begin looking for a manager, that's already nearly too late. Because we've got, what, how many? Six weeks until the qualifiers start? Not even, maybe? No, something? not even that. No, I don't need to be putting the feelers out there now. I think the board do have the best interests of the club at heart, but to us as fans, we maybe don't see it that way. Now, we have been let down by them in the past, but they ha- they did go out and get Brendan Rodgers, and I don't see why we should just settle for something now. Going forward, we keep talking about we've only got two leagues to win, so yes, Neil Lennon might be the man to do that. But see, if they want to be the best they can be, then that manager they go for should be the man to do that as well. Now, this season we have seen how we can go backwards if the club isn't going in the right way because if rumours are led to be believed that they stopped backing Brendan Rodgers because they wanted to leave and go to China, a club shouldn't be run like that. No. A club should be no. running the long term. So what they need to do is get a sporting director, director of football, whatever in, to be the intermediate between the manager and the board because if we had somebody in place to do that, the players would have kept coming in and the manager works underneath that. That's the way it should be and we should be looking to get the best man in his director and in his manager. Whether that's Neil Lennon or not, it might well turn out to be. If he wins every game now, wins the league in the Scottish Cup, who am I to argue? But going forward, I'd want somebody else and I have to trust the board because I don't have a choice and the board also have a chance to be a part of one of the biggest things in Celtic's history and they, why would they want to scrimp and save on that? They went out and got Brendan Rodgers, why should they all of a sudden go, you're getting half the money? You touched on something there and and you're quite right, this rumour that, you know, the relationship sort of fractured but Brendan Rodgers said he was leaving and the board says, well, we are not going to spend any more money on you. That is the sort of prevailing story that's out there. One, if that's true, then that's not the way that things should operate. And two, Neil Lennon was in the press saying that things are going to continue as normal and players are being identified and all that. So they can't really have it both ways. 
Aidan McKen asks, who's your favourite cult heroes in football? Doesn't have to be Celtic, but let's say you have three cult heroes round the table for dinner. Who are you choosing? So there's three of us, and we get one cult hero each. Who are we having? I'm going to start. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to steal it before anyone else does, Cantona. Oh, gutted that you've you've stolen that away from me, but he is absolutely the best the best choice for this. I'm going to be forced to pull out something a wee bit different. I would go with a cult hero, Edmundo. Edmundo? Yeah, Ooh. Brazilian legend who was an absolute lunatic on the pitch. Do you remember, there's a cracking clip of Edmundo. He walks up and slaps a guy on the pitch, just gives him a wee, a wee bitch slap just right across the face and walks away, just kind of struts away. But that guy comes up behind him and lays him out from behind with a big roundhouse hook. <laughs> <laughs> but Edmundo, absolute lunatic. The stories are too plentiful to go into on this podcast, but he's my man. At the dinner table, Melly, it's me, Cantona, Stephen Edmundo, Martin Melly, and Kel Faulkner. <laughs> no, I'll give Kyle a bit. I think I'll go with Edgar Davids. Yes. Mm, right. Loved him as a player, loved that. Sort of like him and Roy Keane, sort of midfield player. Loved the glasses because of the glaucoma. Loved it when he went to Barnet. He Aye. changed his whole tactics, played himself when he was the manager. Did not give himself number zero and <laughs> just instructed the players to pass the ball to him. I think he gets sent off in his first three games as well. So. Was he an early... An early proponent of the Predators as well. Predators, or am I just confusing that with the dreadlocks? I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I know there was some predatory in there. Um, Anne McLaughlin. Have you all defrosted from Saturday's Boarfest? Asks Anne McLaughlin. Seriously though, Joe Ledley mentioned on another podcast he'd love to play for us again. Would you have him back? And also, which squad do you think was better? Well, we kind of touched on this. Lennon 2012 or Lennon 2019. Would you have Joe Ledley back? Well, no... Nah. It's an old getting the old band back together, the Rangers way, and it just yeah. harping back to theirs. Joe Ledley was a good player. He's a free transfer, but if he comes in now, it's he's March. 32. He's, he's not going to play. Interestingly, as well, listening to the said podcast, Joe Ledley was good, but it's another thing with Lennon. It's just, it sort of convinced me more that I don't want Lennon there when they beat Carragandy 3 0. He said, if we beat them tonight, we're going out. And they all went out and get absolutely steaming in the game at the weekend. I want that. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to give you some names, Stephen, from Neil's uh, 2012 team so you can compare? Okay. So we obviously had Foster Matthews. Um, do you think 2012 as a giri is better or worse than 2019 as <laughs> a um, um, I think 2012 <laughs> takes that one, yeah. You could also have Rami Gershon, Lassad. Is that how long ago that was, Rami uh, Gershon? Well, uh, Mohamed Bangura. You could also have Tom Rogic if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Michael Lustig. Here's one for you. Victor Noring. Okay. Yeah. In fact, he's my cult hero. I'm switching ahead. My <laughs> Victor Noring. And you can have Philip and Patrick Twardzik. So I think the team now is better than that team. Uh, especially, well, given those names, yeah. Um, it's, it is tough, though, because as I said, there's, there's no one of the quality of a Wanyama yet. Tierney might prove to be that, but but I'm really only picking out one guy there. Do you remember a guy that used to play for Celtic? His name was like Milan Missoun or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah left back. Check. I, I, yeah. I googled him the other day. Doesn't exist on the internet. No. No. Weird. Anyway. Joe Ledley, though, had, oh? that didn't come at that. Oh, um, would you take Joe yeah. Ledley? Yes. No, definitely not. Um, because, as Mel said, it's, it's a bit getting the old band back together. And remember what I said last week about see if that guy had never played for Celtic, would you sign him? Would you sign a guy who's just been freed from Derby because he didn't get a game who'd previously played for Crystal Palace? And See, if, if Celtic were linked to him under any other circumstances, he would be billed as overhyped championship yeah. pish. There's no way anyone would take him back. 
He's a cringy bastard. <laughs> he's still got that sort of hipstery beard thing going yeah. on. It's, it's really, no, I don't want Joe Ledley anywhere near Celtic. Good player at the time, oh, yeah, he was. But, but past it. San Fran Celtic said, what ex-player would you take back at the club now who would come back, realistically, not Virgil van Dijk, FFS? Who would you take back, Stephen? Joe Ledley. <laughs> would you? Yes, Despite yeah. what I said earlier. Yeah. Forget everything I just said. I love <laughs> Joe Ledley. It's quite a tricky one because if I can't afford Virgil van Dijk, I can't really afford anyone that I would like to bring back because my first instinct would be Dembele. Please, please come back, Mr. Yeah. Dembele. All is forgiven. Sold him too cheap. Oh, definitely. Sold, sold was it? <laughs> he scored 11 goals and 14 appearances yeah. so far. Far too cheap. Who would come back? Would Patrick Roberts come back? Yep, Maybe you don't. Do maybe not. <laughs> You're allowed. You can take Patrick Roberts. Is that your pick? Denier, mm, yeah, denier, very good shout. I'm trying to think of what we definitely need. We need a right back, don't Basically we? Everybody, yeah, hi. We definitely need a right back and a centre half. Denier can play both of those. That's maybe a good shout, Melly. You know who I'd have back? Pulling this one right out of left field. Oh well, I want to check what age he is first. He's probably very old now. Key, what age is Key? Mm, uh, is early thirties, maybe. Early thirties, maybe. I, uh, I think we could use a key in midfield. So, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll pick key. The scope of our ambition doesn't go very far. Patrick Robertson, key. Uh, Who, who's in your one. dreams would you bring back? Uh, I can't think of anything better. Patrick Roberts, definitely. Patrick Roberts, key Winyama. for me. Winyama. Okay, that's fair enough. James Duffy, are there any realistic transfer targets for us in the summer that would get you guys excited? Now, in front of me here, I have a couple of. Fantasy football super yep. super managers. How are you doing in the, the old fantasy football league against the patrons? I was alright for a while, but mm-hmm. I've tailed off quite dramatically. Uh, Melly, yeah. third. third, you better win. Melly, you are the ringer. If you win, 3MT wins. So, who from uh, MD in the Premier League, because all your Premier League watching MD in your fantasy football teams, you think should, Celtic should take a punt on that boy? He'd do well for us. It's tough. It's really hard to get players from the Premier League these days, but. I always like Tom Kearney from Fulham, hmm. Scottish boy, well plays for Scotland, and they are for sure going down as well. Yeah, they are definitely going down. So, but he's captain of them. Not really getting a game right now. Met him as well. Nice chap. I would like a keeper, would and you? I would possibly go for Neil Etheridge of Cardiff. Right, who, if we're talking in fantasy football terms, is statistically the most valuable player in the game at the moment. I, I think we need a keeper and. I'd like to heavily invest See, in one. That's why I framed the question, because that's a good shout. Yeah. I've never even heard of that guy before. <laughs> and the final question we got from uh, History Boys Abroad, Gilly, who's been on this podcast, that's, yeah. that's his podcast. Um, do you think Comper will feature in the running? Would you rather him over Hendry? What role does Encham have going forward at Celtic? Would he make our best 11 when everyone's fit? Comper and Hendry. Think we'll see them in Celtic shirts ever again? Um, well, it, yeah, we speak on the day he scored for, mm-hmm. for the reserve team, which is... A momentous occasion, I'm sure we'll all agree. Eh, will he ever play? No. No, I don't think I, so. I just don't see it, Melly, do you? I mean, I've... we've got Ayer, who's, who's doing well, by all accounts. Boyata. And then next in the pecking order would be Benkovic, as soon as he's back to yep. fitness. And then Simonovic. Joe. Then Joe's out. So, you know, provided these guys don't ever get fit, maybe if we were stuck. If they all get stuck in a lift somewhere, maybe, yeah. and Marvin Comper is the only one available, they'd still pick near Beaton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think we'll see him. I think that eight minutes against Martin will be as close as he comes. Jack Hendry, I think we'll see him. It's more than likely him than mm. Comper, but probably still not. Hendry's on the bench just now, so possibly, but it just doesn't do me any good, Jack Hendry coming on. Pass me and Stephen on the way home from the game the other night. Oh, did yeah. Simple Jack throw so, passes, yeah. <laughs> um, and Champ? I well, still see a massive part for Champ to play. I still think he's a good player. I still think if Champ 
was in a midfield with McGregor sitting behind and Cham and Rogic. I like the sound of that midfield. I think that's got a very good midfield. Cham was a great player last year. He's just been hampered by injuries this year and maybe a lot of people are remembering that Ibrox performance, but nobody really stood out that day. No, definitely not. He, he has shown a little bit of tactical and positional ill-discipline at times this season, but I, I still think he he's can a, have a role. He's, but, he was brilliant at the start yeah. of the season. Uh, I think I don't, I don't know if we'll necessarily get to see the best of Incham now because it kind of looks like he's yeah. on the way out. He has been linked with moves in the past to Porto at the he's time. Signed a new contract, boys. Well, that's here. true. So we'll get decent money for him at least. But <laughs> um, I do, I do think he can play a part. Um, I think he is a good player. I think potentially, I know saying on form is a bit of mm. a hollow statement. You could say that about anyone, but I just I think he can be a good player. Whether he does for Celtic again, I don't know because he seems to have fallen off a cliff. He's been injured several times and just hasn't featured. I don't think we can afford to be selling any more players because we're struggling as it is for next season and chipping away again at the quality in midfield. Don't forget Scott Brown's another year older next year. So we can't go into that with Brown, McGregor, Christie and Rogic as our midfield. We need more than that and Cham, Cham will play a massive part if he's here next year. Plus, it's sort of, I, I doubt it, we're reaching the end of that sort of two-year cycle within Cham, so I think we'll, we'll probably move him on this summer. Can I just interject here? Can I just finish on a on a whimsical tale here? I just want to... If you must. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to read some poetry here. His eyes are locked onto his guests with the accuracy of a Starfleet phaser. His fulsome smile frames a face flushed by recent exertion, a brisk three-mile jog in the early afternoon. His body language is word-perfect. I love to run on the streets around here, the Liverpool manager says, with the ease of a politician circulating at a cocktail party. I love seeing the people going about their business. These are our people. I love running late in the afternoon when the doors are open and the dinners are on and you can smell the mince cooking. (laughs) Just an excerpt uh, from a book called Living on the Volcano by Michael Calvin about Brendan Rodgers. Possibly more of those to come in the coming weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Smell the mince! (laughs) It's like all the people in Liverpool eat fucking mint. And on that enormous podcast bombshell, we will end. Thank you very much to everyone who listens. Thank you to the patrons for sending in your questions and supporting the podcast. If Patreon interests you in any way, shape or form, you can find it at patreon.com slash 20minutetims. And if you like to listen to the podcast and you enjoy it, please leave us a review. Thank you for listening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.